Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. Because there's really only a few things that we need to learn how to do. Really, there's only one. And that's believe. (laughs) Trust God. If you trust God, your heart will become open to God. If you are in faith toward God, your heart will be open to God. And because out of your heart flow all the issues of life, because within your heart you have all the boundaries of life between heaven and earth, you have the keys to the kingdom, you have been given the spirit of life within you, and our heart is kind of in this constant process of what the Old Testament would call, and Jesus referred to, binding and loosing. You know, Jesus said, now I've given you the keys to the kingdom, whatever you bound on, bind on earth is bound in heaven, loose on earth is loose in heaven. He's not talking about tying up demons and throwing them into some cave somewhere. What he's talking about is the kingdom, the power, the life of God, the, word, the living, breathing word of God, the, the, the force that is the essence of who God is resides within you and you have the authority to engage that from your heart and allow it to change your life and show other people what that looks like and bring other people into that type of encounter and experience because of what flows through you. Amen? Amen. So binding and that's that's more of binding and loosing. It's based on what's going on in my heart. Where am I with God? What do I believe about God? Is the circumstance bigger than God's truth to me? Now, the circumstance is real. The circumstance is our reality, but there's a greater truth. You know, God designed our bodies to heal. Naturally, without doing anything, there are antibodies right now going through your body, taking out pathogens, carcinogens, cleansing your blood. Your blood is bringing oxygen to every single organ in your body. You know, you've got brain activity going on right now, helping you sit up in that chair. Your neurons are firing right now, helping you listen. You've got these ears that are helping you focus and isolate in on what's being said. And then you've got these emotions that help you process it and deal with what's going on. That's just natural. And it's happening right now. You don't have to do anything to make that happen. You don't have to ask it to happen. You know, on a, on a level playing field with the body functioning the way that it's supposed to, it is naturally designed to self-heal and, and experience the best that this life has to offer, this world has to offer, just physically. Not, not even, you know, the American dream type thing, not even looking at the promises of the Word of God, but just functioning optimally in this realm, you're designed to do so. Then you add the Spirit of God to that, And it's the same as what's in heaven, that the Spirit of God, just like your life blood within you is coursing through your veins, bringing health, nourishment to your entire body, because you have authority in heaven, because Jesus gave it to you, then you have the essence, the life blood, the spiritual life blood of of God, so to speak, also within you, running through you, to bring about all of the same health that heaven has. Man, you know, I don't think we really realize the power of the Spirit of God within us. We mystify it. We put it out here, 
We look at somebody else. You know, you know like Laura said, where'd Laura go? Y'all remember to tell her this part. <laughs> to th to, and, and this is not a rebuke. It's, it's just a shift, you know. To think that the idea of a list where we can all love on one another is not super spiritual. That's, that's, to me, that's the mindset of mysticizing what spirituality really is. So in other words, tying all that together, experiencing the Spirit of God is just like experiencing what your blood is doing for you right now. It's active. It's moving. It's bringing you health. It is seeking to bring you into the best possible health that it can within its power. I think the Spirit of God's doing the same thing. You know, the life is in the blood. And, and I think about this. Can y'all allow me to just kind of share what's on my heart for a minute? <laughs> I was going to do it anyway, so. <laughs> you, you think about why blood, God? Why blood? Why sacrifice? Why, why the blood? Why, why something that seems so barbaric and brutal and but when you, to me, and this is one way, this is, this is what helps me understand the, the aspect of sacrifice and blood, is that the life is in the blood. Jesus became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. He took his own blood into the heavenly holy of holies and he cleansed the heavenly holy of holies and he turns to us and he sanctifies us with that blood. And he gives us his righteousness. He gives us his spirit. I think that what he's doing is he's given us a blood transfusion. It's just that it's spiritual. Just like you've got blood running through your body, and that is the essence of your life, God gives you the power to have his essence running through your body and your life. You gain the capacity of eternal life. You gain the capacity of the Spirit of God now infusing his kind of life within you. It's not just natural, it's spiritual. Man, you know, that kind of takes it out of the realm of the phenomenal things that we put in that category and call it spiritual. It's life essence. Does that make sense? So from that place, you don't have to try to get God to do a dance for you, and you don't have to do a dance for God. To get him to desire to bless you because he's given you his spirit. And the nature of that spirit is to establish blessing in whatever it dwells within. Wherever God's spirit is, there is life. There is peace. There is righteousness. There is joy. And his spirit is in you. You know, we've, we've totally gone about it the wrong way in that we're trying to get to it and get it to do something rather than just allow it to happen. You know, science and, and the medical industry is kind of coming back to a more holistic perspective and realizing that if you just put the body in the right optimal position rather than bombarding it with all these extreme things, and you know, I'm, I'm not against doctors, I'm not against that. If you have an extreme situation, you have to do something extreme even physically, but just in general, the medical industry is coming back to this idea that just get the, get the body in a healthy position and it will do what it's naturally supposed to do and it will function optimally. You remove stress. You remove the things that are causing the disease. You remove the, you, you put, you create the environment 
to allow the natural processes to thrive and flourish, and that is the definition of health. We've been given spiritual health. And what we've done is thrown a bunch of stuff up on top of it, trying to force jumpstart the spirit. You know, like, we're tr like you can give the spirit vitamins. That's what we do, you know. We think our works are spiritual vitamins that make it stronger or something like that. I'm going to give more money. Maybe that'll make the spirit stronger in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve more. I'm going to get more miracles. I'm going to make more phone calls. I'm going to whatever. No. All of that stuff is an outgrowth of what the Spirit is doing within you now. Amen. So practically, just like you remove stress, you remove distractions out of your life, maybe you're working on your marriage, you remove things that are causing problems within the marriage. You know, you, you've got whatever it is, you're with me. This is what we're talking about as far as experiencing God's truth as our truth, that God's truth being our reality, not just the wish and a hope out there in a distant future somewhere. Because God's truth can be your reality. Do you see the difference, truth and reality? I mean, we believe lies all the time, and it's real to us, but it's not the truth. We look not at what we can see, but at the things which we can't see, because that stuff's more real. That's my translation. <laughs> but, but specifically, with where we go with, you know, I started talking last week about how we get isolated through loneliness, and then in that isolation, we begin to believe the worst, typically. Not always. Some people do. Some people don't. But, man, we deal with such loneliness. And I did this last week, but I'm going to do it again. If you've ever struggled, you are now or you ever have struggled with just loneliness, lift up your hand and, and hold it up and keep it up. And everybody look around. Man, you know, truly, we're not alone. <laughs> but what loneliness, see, see, here's what we have to make sure that we don't do is allow that to go to seed or allow that to bear fruit or put a root or however you'd say it, you know. That loneliness to drive us to isolation and then within that isolation, allow the stuff that caused us to feel that loneliness in the beginning to become more rooted in our hearts and perpetuate the cycle that drives us further into isolation. Whether or not you're with people, but being isolated in your heart. You know, and that looks like many different things. Being isolated in your heart toward a particular sin habit looks like, and maybe especially if you start to adopt this idea of the goodness of God, and you think, okay, God's not mad at me anymore, and that kind of takes the pressure off about this sin habit, and rather than dealing with that and becoming free from sin under grace, it starts to feel, you feel less guilty, less condemned about it, because your view of God changes. So then let's say maybe you kind of continue in that sin, and because you believe God actually loves you, you're not feeling guilty anymore. You misinterpret that and think, okay, well, this is okay because I'm not being condemned and judged. And you become numb because you're isolating because you've stayed in that sin. And that's the deception of sin as it hardens your heart. It puts you in that place where your heart can no longer feel when God's saying, no, that's not who you are. You need to come this way. Leave that alone. 
because it's, it's producing death within you. Or with friends, you know, even, even in marriages, man, we isolate from each other all the time. You know, we know how to play lip service or just society in general. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever isolated, but this is what we do through the loneliness, through the, through the looking to this world for fulfillment and, and, and judging ourselves that we don't have any friends or whatever. It puts us in this place of loneliness, drives us to isolation. And it may not be loneliness that puts you in isolation. It could be many things. But the point is, where do you go when you are cut off from all the influences around you, whether it be people, God, or even the enemy, what do you do in that point? Do you stay stuck in that cycle that further validates what you believe about yourself, that you're worthless, that you're no good, that nobody wants you around, that you're ugly, that you're this, that you'll never succeed beyond this level, that you'll just always have to deal with this sin, you'll always have to have this type of relationship, you're always, there's just, you know, we do it, man. Every area of our lives, we have these things where we settle. And it just gets rooted and rooted, rooted deeper and deeper and deeper in our hearts. Doesn't it? It does. And sometimes we don't even know it. We don't, we don't even, it just happens. We, we flip into automatic pilot. You know, we get launched out of the chute every day of life. And it's like, let me just keep it steady as much as I possibly can and, and, and coast rather than being intentional about taking life by the horns and dealing with it, dealing with that relationship, dealing with that, that ceiling that you seem to constantly hit with your finances, dealing with the relationship, dealing with whatever it is that's a limitation that is not God's best for you. But it's hard to deal with it. Sometimes we don't know how to deal with it. And, and you know, blanketly you can say, well, just believe the truth. And that really is the answer. But how do you believe the truth? I'll just give you one little thing. I, was, uh, I love all the psychological stuff. I love all the, how the brain works and the body chemistry and all those things. And it's just, it just interesting to me. And I was watching this thing, and, and um, this guy talked about rumination and ruminating, which really is meditation. It's, just, it's, it's, it's thinking along a particular pattern to the degree that it produces an emotion and it, it, it creates a belief within you. And we all do that. In isolation, that's what you're doing. If you sit there and you allow yourself to continually feel and believe that negative stuff about you, you are reinforcing to your heart that this is what you deserve. And the next time you get an opportunity to rise above that level of living, your heart will say, nope, we don't believe that. We're bringing you back to this level. That's when it's like you start to try to grow, you start to try to move and stretch and move past where you are. Deep down within you says, mm, this is not normal for us. We need to be back here. This is safe. So we're going to create some chaos over here. We're going to create some destruction. You might need a little bit of sin to bring you down a couple notches. You know, that's what we do. But see, God's bigger than our hearts. And as soon as our heart connects to the truth of who God is, we break free because truth is freedom. And you, you rise. See, religion calls that becoming more holy or becoming more righteous or whatever. No, that's, that's not the case. You can't be any more righteous than you already are right now. 
It's never performance that gets you higher or deeper in God or any of that stuff. But what it does do is it pulls limits off. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, the picture, instead of trying to get higher into God, you know, it's like we're full of helium or something. The more stuff we take off, the higher we rise. It just naturally happens. So with rumination or meditation or just sitting there and feeling sorry for yourself, which, you know, we think feels good sometimes because it's comfortable. It, it takes just as much brain power and focus to sit and feel bad about something as it does to exert intention to try to believe something different about it. But because it's not natural or, or it's not the pattern that we've been stuck in, it feels difficult. But it's the same process. So back to that study, these these scientists were doing some research on rumination and, and, and sitting and this, the, the, the study was more in the realm of optimism versus pessimism. And so it was just really kind of a worldly thing on having a positive world out view or world outlook, world view. But they said it basically only takes about two minutes to break the pattern, to stop the cycle, to reshift your focus. And it's interesting because biochemically within that two minutes, those chemicals, they run their course, they're done, and the emotion, your, your body's kind of reset to experience a new emotion. But what we do is within that two minutes, we continue to fuel what's happening with our thoughts and our mind, and it just keeps it going. So all of that to say this, you are two minutes away from changing your life. <laughs> Seriously, you are, two, you, you are two minutes away from changing your day. You're two minutes away from changing your right now. See, because here's the thing. We are in the kingdom. We have that spirit of life right now within us seeking to establish the very best that God has. Just like your blood is seeking and naturally so is the spirit of God spiritually. Man, praise God. Somebody ought to shout on them. <laughs> but are you going to take responsibility for that two minutes? And what are you going to do with that two minutes? Where are you going to put your focus? Where are you going to shift your mind to? Where are you going to get that information from? The Word of God. What Christ has done for you. So I did your homework for you this, for you this week. And that was, I, I posted, some of you already saw it, but I posted this blog. You can go to the website, forwardchurch.net, go to the blog. There's, there's a new one on there. It says, In Christ, and it's just a list of in Him scriptures. And they're reworded to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know. So that's your homework this week. When you're wanting to change something, either print that list out, stick it in your pocket, do whatever it takes, memorize it, whatever it takes for you. Take that list and start applying it in those two-minute situations where here it comes. Oh, no, we're dealing with this. Nope, I'm going to stop that, break that pattern. This is true. This is what's true. Yes, this is real. Yes, this is what I'm dealing with, but there's a greater truth. And this is, this is, how, this is what I see then happening as a result of doing that. Flip over to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, we're going to start in verse 1. Because God, God is for you. 
Do you believe that? Yes. You know, I, I, I feel like we're on a few missions. One is to just inspire people to trust God. But uh, the other is to demystify spiritual truth and make it more practical and applicable. Now, I'm not ruling out all the supernatural phenomenon that happens, and I would never shut the door for that stuff, but I'm, I feel like this is the pathway to experience that stuff even more, yeah. to experience the supernatural phenomenon even more consistently, is to can you put yourself back on spiritual truth focus to the degree that it changes how you feel? I find that, you know, for, I don't know about you, but I find that really very interesting that if you can focus your, shift your focus just for two minutes, that's all it takes for you to change how you're feeling, even just physically. So, <clears throat> Psalm 1, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, religion would tell you, you're blessed when you don't walk in the path of the wicked. In other words, it's like it's something that comes after you've done the right thing. You see what I'm saying? But I think you do the right thing after you realized you're blessed. Watch this, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a, a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever it does, whatever he does, he prospers. How'd you like that? Whatever you do, it prospers. See, it's not that you meditate in the law, then you get blessed. You're blessed. And as you meditate in the Word of God, you experience the blessing. You're, you're not, you can't perform into it. You can only experience it. But the responsibility is, do you do that? Do you meditate in His Word day and night? I'm not talking about you sit down and you read the Bible. Now, that is part of it. That's where you get the information from. But His Word is alive. It's within you. It is breathing. It is powerful. It, it goes down to the deepest part of who you are. Do you know how to engage the Word of God on that level? And Jesus is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word of God, Word was God, and Word is God, and face to face with God. And I know the scripture, but I'm, you know. And then, and then it says, the Word of God became flesh. Jesus is that Word of God, you know? So really, do we have that relationship with Him? Do we say, Jesus, right now I need you to be my wisdom? And, and, and that is kind of undefined. You put a finer point on that with a list like what I've put out there on the blog this week. But all of that to say, when you make it a life habit of taking those two minutes and shifting your focus back on Him, then you're like a tree planted by the streams of living water. That's the picture that I have of living with God, not achievement, not growing more holy, not... Uh, rising through higher levels or getting more anointing or any of that kind of stuff. You have it all because you have Jesus. And I see us as trees. And we all know trees, man, they, they just grow. The, deep, the roots go deeper and deeper and deeper and, the, and they become more dense, you know. 
You ever seen a really, really old tree and how dense it is? You cut down a, a skinny tree and it's just kind of light and thin, but those bigger trees, man, they're dense. They're not just heavy, but they just grow thicker and thicker and life happens. That's, that's the picture that I see of what God does within us. As our roots, as our beliefs, as our mind, our heart grows deeper into His Word, His living Word, that life that is in us, that life that is flowing, that is giving life to your physical body in this moment, that life, that spirit that is confirming to you that you belong to Him, that you're His child, you just become thicker. <laughs> Bamboo. Bamboo does that. And, and you're like a tree planted within that stream of life. And nothing can shake that. Nothing can uproot that. And then, no matter what happens in this life, man, it just it doesn't change you. Your, your reality is God's truth no matter what. So from that place, then you stand and absolutely fight for the promises of God to be established in your life. You fight for your nephews. You fight for your nieces. But you do it from that place of rest. You do it from that place of confidence. Man, this is God's desire. This is God's will. This is who Jesus showed us to be. So I'm going to stand here and I'm going to stretch out my arms and branches and I'm going to just watch this fruit bear. And what if the body of Christ would just do that? Just let God be who He is inside of us. Two minutes. <laughs> I love that. The next time you're facing something and you're panicked and you're distressed and you're overwhelmed, just take two minutes and dedicate your focus and your attention to what God's truth is. Now, you might make it seven seconds the first time. You might make it ten seconds the next time. You know, the, the thing about it is you can only hold one thought in your mind at a time. But are we disciplined in our focus? Or do we have too much caffeine coursing through our veins that we're like rabbits? Ding, 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 you know. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to think about this. Oh, I've got to pay this bill. I'm going to think about this. Oh, I've got to do this. And that's what, that, see, and that's, that's see, a, a good charismatic would say, well, see, the devil's just trying to distract you. Ah, so what? <laughs> he's like a gnat. You know, he's gone. You, you keep your focus on the Word of God. It's you that's causing the distraction. <laughs> it's your heart. It's what you feel. It's what's going on inside, what you believe, what you expect you deserve out of life. That's what's causing the distraction. And interestingly enough, that's what you <laughs> deal with when you do this. And you just start replacing. No, I'm not going to choose worry. I'm going to choose peace with God. I'm not going to choose fear. I'm going to choose that, I, choose that I've been, not been given a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. I'm not going to choose to react in anger. I'm going to focus on, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a peacemaker. I have the joy of the Lord within me. And you, you watch it change. And I think if we make it a habit of this, of building our lives that way, man, then we're something that the world can really benefit from. You know, then we're something that we can really see true revival happen because we're standing there and we're not trying to chase something. We're just, we're just those trees that bring life to this world and bring hope and peace to this world. Because what you take time to think about and meditate on, 
will grow deeper and more rooted in your heart. That will become your reality. And you can change that. Because the Spirit of God is for you and alive and active and full of promises and abundance and peace, just waiting to bring that stuff about into your life. Will you have trouble? Yep, Jesus said it. But you know what? Uh, uh, an old, we need some better terminology, right? A healthy <laughs> tree, a dense tree, a tree with deep roots. Man, you could take an ax and chop on that thing for a while and it doesn't even, it doesn't even phase it. It just lives. In fact, it just grows right back over it, doesn't it? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you've given us your written word and your living word. We thank you that you've given us your spirit. Thank you that your life essence is within us. Just, just think about that for a minute. Just put your attention on that, your, your, your focus on that. The spirit of God is in you right now. Seeking to establish his life within you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, thank you for righteousness. Thank you for giving us peace. God, I, Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me focus. If that takes healing physically within our brains to be able to focus, Father, we just yield to you in that moment right now. We yield everything to you to be able to meditate in your word, to meditate on your word, to experience your truth as our reality. Thank you, Lord. Amen.